So Jade, when you have a cost, say it's a family member of yours and they're looking to buy a house or even rent, and we'll get into rentals later, but um, where it's a family member where they trust you 100%, where they're going to believe everything you're going to say, pretend I'm that person. Pretend I'm your cousin Amit. Somehow Indians got in your family. (laughs) And um, so I I call you up or I see you in person. I'm like, hey, Jade, I'm thinking about buying um, a home in Coral Gables. What will you tell me? Wow, that's probably the first word out of my, <laughs> my mouth. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm going to start to ask why and, you know, what, why do you want to move to Coral Gables? So let's, let's do that. Um, okay. Yeah, so, you know, I live in New York right now, as you know, um, and we're paying a ton in taxes. Weather's not always that great with COVID. Still, things aren't as open up as Miami. And that's probably, you know, my wife and I would like to move there. Okay, so you want to move to Miami, to South Florida, but why Coral Gables specifically? You know, we've come here a few times in the past, and we like the location. It's pretty close to the highways and stuff, mm-hmm. and um, we like Wynwood. We like um, Midtown. We like Edgewater. We like a lot of those places, but we want a house. We don't want to get a condo, and that's that. if there's another area you think would work better, we're open to that. But we're used to that area. But you like the feel of Coral Gables? Yeah, we like it. We don't need a huge house. We like that it feels like a neighborhood and where you can just walk around and everyone's pretty friendly. And some cool places, you know, even though it's not Edgewater, like um, the Miracle Mile and stuff with walkability and stuff. Coral Gables is very nice. Um, How fast do you want to do this? What's your timeline? Um, you know, we're flexible. You tell us the best advice you can give us and we're, we're open to it. Okay. It so would be better if we could do it sooner than later because, you know, taxes and stuff. Yeah. So totally makes sense. Coral Gables is a great place. Um, are you, first of all, um, are you pre-approved or are you planning on um, purchasing cash? Um, we're probably going to pay cash, but there's a chance we may finance. Okay. It, it won't be it won't be contingent on financing. Okay. Okay, that's great. Um, do you have an idea of the price range you want to stay in? Um, we've been looking at some of the stuff in Coral Gables, and we think probably like anywhere from nine hundred thousand to a million and a half. Okay, so the most competitive. <laughs> that's yeah. One of the most competitive uh, prices right now, price ranges right now. So. Um, First things first is I am going to set up a collection for you so you can see this. I mean, this is uh, a side note. What is that? Um, So a collection is something we do on Compass. It is a grouping of basically all the possible homes that could meet your criteria. So you have it in in one place. So kind of like how you go and search on Zillow and you can save them. It's the same thing. Um, But this way on the Compass app, it's a little more up to date. And as soon as something comes on, I can immediately put it in your collection so you can be up to date on everything that's going on. And you can also see the sales side of it. So you can see they were asking one, one, it's sold for probably one, two at this point. So you kind of get a feel for the market. So that's usually the first thing I do. Um, oh yeah. And- I think a friend of mine told me that they did it. And is it, I don't know if I remember correctly. Once can I like write a comment? You'll see it and whoever else is yeah, on it. It's, it's we'll interactive. It. So let's say, 
I put in 50 houses and you don't like 40 of them. You can take them out. You can write on them. Oh, I love this favorite them. You can request the tours, whatever you want to do. Um, what I do want to step back and say for a minute is I'm sure you've heard of how crazy the market is right now. Um, um, so tell me about it. Okay. So it's, it's kind of like nothing we've ever seen, right? Our, our inventory is down over Miami Dade around 38%. Um, but the, why is that? Why? Because there's, there's more buyers right now. Um, so the buyers are basically, it's, it's something of supply and demand. So there are more buyers transacting than there used to be. And that's diminishing the inventory pool. But at the same time, we're also getting more and more buyers coming to Miami, especially Coral Gables. It's one of the hotspots. So that's diminishing the pool even more. Um, so it's a very, very competitive um, marketplace right now. That doesn't mean it can't be done. It can absolutely be done. We just have to be exactly sure on what you like, where you want to be, um, and, and your criteria. And what I would suggest is either you and your wife come down um, because it's easier to do this when you're, you know, you kind of take a week or, or two if you can um, and work remotely and go see them and then make the offers as we see them. Because if we do, let's say I go and FaceTime you and you say you like the house and then you come down to, you come down a week later, the house will be gone. Um, and I just don't want that. So to how happen. fast, how fast do homes sell once they come on the market? Assuming it's like a nice home. Assuming it's a nice home, you're going to have offers within the first 24 hours easily. First, and so are the showings easy? Is it easy to get into the homes to see them? It's not easy, but it's possible. And I'll make it happen for the right homes. But we have to have our proof of funds ready. We have to be, uh, you know. So tell me about that proof of funds. What, what does that mean? Proof of funds is, kind of, it would be for you since you're purchasing cash and maybe financing later, it'd be maybe like your investment account showing the balance that you have in there. It's the funds proving that you have the, the purchase price that you can liquidate in order to, to purchase the house. Okay, makes yeah. sense. So it's basically showing you're a qualified buyer um, because sellers right now don't really want to let people in that aren't qualified because they just simply don't need to. There's, there's just such a big buyer pool right now. So, okay, so, have that so I've heard like about the market being hot and stuff and I'm sure it's pretty busy all over the U S but our game plan. So tell me from beginning to end, I know you said that some of these properties will sell 24 hours within 24 hours. So let's, let's just make it like a simple um, scenario. So say it's a million dollar property. It's in Coral Gables and it's like updated, doesn't need much work. It's a home like someone would probably see on HGTV where it's, it's like staged and whatever. Yeah. If I saw that house at a million, whether we're in town or, you know, Rushmi and I are, are away and we say, Jade, we love this house. We want to get it. Um, Tell me about the offer and tell me about like realistically what something would sell for. Um, well, certain sellers, um, well, especially now, they, they basically have the power, right? In the, in the transaction, they have the leverage because they have the product that you want. So what we have to do is make it most accommodating to them while also being okay on your side, right? Because we don't want to put you in an uncomfortable position. So first thing is going to be the price. And second thing is going to be the terms of the contract. Um, are are there terms that you could suggest that would make our offer better? Sure, sure. So um, nine times out of 10, if it's a house like that, it's going to go um, a, 
right now above asking. Um, it's How hard. much? It depends. It really depends on uh, a million things. So it's hard to say. Um, and if there's anything that needs to be fixed in the house, that kind of thing, is it disclosed? Is it not? Um, after that, so let's say if it were me for my situation, I'd probably be offering like maybe one, 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 five. Um, and okay, so stuff is selling for like maybe 15% or less over asking. Yeah. It's not going to be like California where something's priced at 800 and sells for like one, three. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are outliers like that, but it's not to that extent yet. Okay. Um, so that's not common. No, not yet. Not yet. Um, so what I would, other than the purchase price, then we have to look at the terms of the offer, right? So if you're purchasing cash, that automatically puts you above everyone that's financing because we don't have any financing contingencies or if you're financing and you decide to do it on the back end, um, we don't put it a contingency, no appraisal contingency. So those are all things that would the seller would start to say, whoa, right? You see a lot of cash offers nowadays or is it? Yeah, more than there used to be. Okay. Yeah. So there, there's a chance that there will be another cash offer besides mine. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, apart from that, uh, apart from the, you know, the financing and versus cash uh, is the uh, offer except at the closing date, right? So the first thing I, I like to ask to the listing agent is what, what are your sellers preferred? Because there are actually sellers that prefer if they're buying something and closing on it, that prefer to close in three months, than two weeks. And instead of me just guessing that I ask them and then we follow suit, right? If they prefer two months, then we make the offer at two months. If they prefer two weeks, we make the offer at two weeks. And then that the makes sense. Yeah. That's smart. Do you ask anything besides anything else besides like the closing? Uh, yeah. I mean, well, basically what what are the seller's preferences in 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 a contract um and we okay. can try to model Good. that as much as we can on your side right to give you the best chance and what are you hearing what are some of those things besides a closing date that they're asking for um certain escrow deposit amounts uh escrow deposit is, is the percentage you're putting down after you execute a contract and uh, so how do you do that how does that work how, how does the escrow deposit work well, like how much percent or what do, how do we do that so usually right now I'm doing around 10%. And that's for finance cash or is it both? Both. Both. Okay. Finance, you want to put a little more because you're, you're starting in a lower position, right? So if you can, great. If not, then, you know, there's nothing we can really do. But uh, bigger the escrow deposit, the stronger your offer, right? Um, the last thing that uh, seller's going to look at is the inspection period. Um, so... I don't know if you're familiar with this, but in Miami, your inspection period is your period where you go in with the inspector, check everything out in the house or, or the condo. But up until the end of that inspection period, you can pull out of the contract and get your escrow deposit back, right? So what are you doing to make it better for the seller? Shorter the inspection period, the better. If you can waive it, that's the best. Again, it's, 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 it can be dangerous. So I guess depending on the house, if it's a, like a new construction, maybe. Yep. If it's a new construction, you know, typically, I mean, let's say a new construction condo, you have a developer warranty on certain things. Um, but if it's a new construction, people pretty much are waiving inspections. If it's not like most of the houses in Coral Gables that are, you know, have been renovated or something at this price point would be, um, you want to make the inspection period as short as possible. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, 
about 15%, give or take, over the ask price. Um, inspection period, if we can waive it, waive it, if not as short as possible. Finance or cash, 10% escrow. Anything else? No. So, so and then just asking, asking that other agent prior if there's anything else that the seller would prefer on the contract. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so good advice. So, you know, it's it's funny, like, as, as we go through this, and for those of you that are watching this, I'm not related to Jade, we're on the same team. And as an agent, I'm dealing with the same thing, you know, one of the hardest things is, you know, because Jade and I and the rest of our team, we get a lot of people that are referred to us, we don't know them. And then they're also going to put the biggest thing that they're investing most probably within our, within like trusting, trying to put their trust into us to buy the most expensive their thing they're ever going to buy. Sometimes it's, they don't believe us and it's okay. You know, it's common, like for people, if they think like COVID, you know, COVID, it should be terrible. The market should be terrible. People should be getting big discounts on their properties. But when I meet someone and they don't really know me and I tell them, Jade, that, you know, um, you know, are you sure you want to buy? Because you're going to be competing against people that have to buy and they're going to pay, you know, hundreds, sometimes hundreds of thousands over the asking price, they're going to waive their appraisal, they're going to waive their inspection, and they're going to close in like three or four weeks. Are you okay with that? Yeah. They think I'm on crack, you know? So um, yeah, so like, tell me some things that some of the things that you have to deal with that are difficult, that maybe some people, maybe buyers or sellers wouldn't know. Unless they're an agent. I'm going to give you a, an actual example that happened um, about a week ago because we're in contract now. So there was a house uh, in Bellmead, which is a really nice area um, north of Edgewater, Morningside. It's kind of on 79th and Biscayne, right? On, like a little gated community on the water. It's very nice. Um, you know how much their association fee is there? No. It's It's optional. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, yeah. um, so my, I found a house that was listed by an agent that I've worked with before, um, who I really like. I get along with him very well. He's a great agent, is really, really doing well. And um, my client wanted the house or want, you know, wanted the house. And obviously I saw him put it on Instagram and as soon I'm like, boom, we got to see it. We got to get in there. It's going on tomorrow. Anyway, so we're one of you know the first people to see it, and they have offers already, uh, but we were cash, uh, and they were asking 1.1. Now this is an outlier. This is not typically going to happen, especially if you want Coral Gables, <laughs> Pinecrest, South Miami, especially right now. Um, but we did the seller. I knew because I was talking to the agent because we have a relationship. The seller really wanted to close fast. Um, so we made an all cash offer closing in two weeks, which is just enough time to get title back, um, at 1.075. So just under, it was ballsy, right? But I had spoken to the agent before and I said, look, if we close in two weeks, what's the bottom? Just give me the number. I don't want to play. We don't have time. Cause they're, you know, they had other offers way higher finance. I think they, at the time our offer was submitted, which I write them pretty fast. Um, they had six other offers higher 
Some were financed. This only- was how much time after it was put on the market? Two days. Two days. Okay. Um, and uh, but the thing is, they were financed, and he didn't want to deal with financing. Uh, so we got it, and our we did a very quick inspection period. We're done, and we're closing next week. Um, so that is kind of the power right now of cash, um, because everyone knows the banks are so backed up. So there's all these delays along the way. So, so with that said, like, I know you've had finance buyers mm-hmm. and what are the challenges with finance buyers? What are they dealing with? Well, first of all, before I even now at this point, because financing is very hard um, to get accepted, I'm really pushing in the qualification of financing. They ha- it can't just be something that pops out on an automatic system. Like they really have to go through a qualified lender or mortgage broker that can really kind of gut for lack of a better word, their finances and see, are they really going to qualify for this? So if the deal falls apart, it, it it's, it's really nasty. And, and we don't want that to happen because they're disappointed. We're disappointed. Listing agents disappointed sellers pissed. Right. So uh, that's kind of the first step is really kind of scrutinizing their initial pre-approval. Um, but aside from that banks, even if they are super well qualified, the banks are having trouble processing so fast um, because there's just so many people applying for financing because rates are still relatively low and people now are saying that they're going to go up in the future i mean they always kind of say that but but they think they're going to go up substantially to to curb the the growth of the economy and that is going to make the cost of borrowing more expensive um so they're trying to get it in while they can and the banks are kind of on overload and they can't process the paperwork fast enough appraisers are backed up I mean, even if you order it the first day, sometimes it's taking them two, three weeks to get out there or before it would have been, you know, a week, maybe 10 days. So, um, and that's delaying the whole transaction um, to close. So, had, yeah. So, um, sorry, if someone is borrowing and they're, they're going to be buying a house and they're mm-hmm. financing, what would be the time period they do on a finance, on the contract as far as closing? So realistically, um, it used to be, uh, 30 day financing contingency, 45 day close. That was something that people could definitely do. Now, what I'm suggesting is 45 day financing contingency and 60 day close, just because I'd rather be honest with the seller up front as opposed to asking for an extension later because it makes them very upset. Yeah. And that, that's what makes it tough, right? To get an offer accepted. Yeah. When, exactly. Yeah. So you have to, like, that would be an ideal situation, but that buyer may or may not get a place until like five or 10 times, right? Or more. Easily. I mean, you know, the people we showed, it wasn't really a question of financing, but show them 39 homes. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, it, it can be very tough when you're financing right now. Yeah. So one of the challenges that I had, and it's your deal as well, is, you know, cryptocurrency. We hear that all the time. And, you know, these banks are scrutinizing people's accounts their bank statements for for months and months it's not like one or two months but like we had a deal we have a deal now that the person sold crypto they have money they have cash in their account but the bank's not counting it and it, it, it's some- like crypto it's it's like it, taxi uh, ubers to taxis right like i tried to transfer out of chase into my avro wallet and they keep blocking it and i'm like why are you blocking it it's me they don't want you to take the money out because they they feel threatened so it's really interesting kind of what's going on on the other end yeah and when you say that i think of it yeah it's like they're it's like a rivalry or something it's exactly. it's, it's weird um 
So, so, okay, going back to me purchasing the house. So say we put in the offer, say we offer 1.2, right? For this million dollar home. Yeah. We want to be higher than the norm. We want to get the house. We do it. We waive the contingency, the, the appraisal, the, the um, inspection is like a few days, five days or seven days. Yep. What are the next steps in the deal? So are the, yeah, go ahead. So let's say the offer is accepted, right? We're under contract. Um, first thing, oh, also what I like to do, what I've been doing, you know, since the market is heated up is making that escrow deposit within one day um, because put normally the default is three days. Uh, but it makes it, you know, it's just a little stronger to say, okay, look, we have our escrow deposit because if you don't make it, it also helps the seller in that they can look at the other offers faster. They don't have to wait three days. Um, so the first step is going to be to uh, make that initial escrow deposit to, to the attorney, the closing attorney, which if you have a preferred attorney you use, or, you know, I can recommend a few, whatever you When you prefer. say, sorry to interrupt you, when you say that initial escrow deposit, is there more than one? So there can be. But again, what I'm doing right now is just making that initial escrow deposit, the full escrow deposit. It's stronger than waiting for the second deposit after the inspection period, which is what you know people used to do or is what is common. Um, right now, I'm not doing that. Um, just not so like, yeah, I mean, that makes sense because at the end of the day, that escrow is an escrow. It doesn't matter if you give it like today or tomorrow and then the next one is in 14 or 15 days. If something happens with the deal, I mean, it's an escrow. You're going to be able to, you're going to have to fight it the same as well, yeah. you know? Okay. So, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. If it's not going to cost you anything, which it's not, might yeah. as well make your deal look stronger. And if you can put a little bit more. Probably will cost you less. You don't have to do two wire fees. You only have to pay one. So. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it makes sense. But, um, yeah, so it's just easier. It's also less headache for, for you, for a buyer. Um, cause they don't have to think about, say, Oh, I have to send the money again. Oh, but it's just one and done, uh, until closing. So then obviously we get the inspector there as fast as possible because we're running on a tight timeline, uh, get the inspection report back, uh, make sure everything's okay. If it's not, then. How picky are people now when like, say I get an inspection report, it's yeah. a newer home or let's say it's a Coral Gables home. So it's not newer. It's in decent shape. And maybe there's like $10,000 worth of stuff and it's a million dollar place, million two place, say it's 15,000 and it's a million two place. And I get that report. What would you suggest? Take it as is. So because just think. The position that you're in already under contract is so difficult and time consuming for you, for, <clears throat> for everyone. And it's, it ends up being worth that difference that, that you'll pay. Yeah. I think it makes sense to tell that person, like, assume you're paying 15,000 more for this home. Are you going to buy, do you want to buy it still? Yeah. And at that price, at the one, two, I mean, one, two, one, minimal. Two. Yeah. Um, actually I had that happen for a deal, a condo in Coral Gables, a couple of things came up and he sent me the inspection report and I said, that looks like a gold star to me. It's nine out of 10. I mean, there was like a couple right. of little things that just doesn't. And he's like, what do we do with this? I'm like, what do you mean? What do we do? We're happy. We even <laughs> got something. I don't suggest asking for concession, but obviously it's your property. It's your money. If you want to, I, you know, I'll represent you on that behalf. Yeah. So one of the challenges I get is, and I'm sure you get this too, Jade, when 
when you're doing a transaction, that buyer or seller has a bunch of friends that oh. um, aren't real estate agents that have had a bad experience. And just to be like as, as um, transparent as possible, I'm not trying to say they're bad people. They're just had bad experiences and they yeah. don't want their friend to get screwed over. Yeah. So I, I think for me, what's helped me is like with that inspection report, instead of saying like, here are all the things that are wrong, obviously showing them that and disclosing everything, but asking, going back to the beginning of the process and saying, you know, when I, when I spoke to you, Jade, and we looked at this house and you went to sleep thinking about it, and then you and your boyfriend thought about it the next day and you kept thinking about it. What, before I told you, you got that your offer accepted. If I would have told you, Jade, you're not going to get it unless you pay $15,000 more. What would you have told me? Yeah. And if they say, I would have told you to pay the 15, well, assume we're in that same position now. Yeah, because that's you know? what it is, right? So. Yeah. So sometimes we have to break it down and storytell to them because we get so wrapped up a lot of times, buyers, sellers, even agents, in, in the numbers and the process instead of thinking like, what does that really do? That 15,000, if you're financing it, maybe your payment is 50 or $60 more a month. Would you, would you do it at that? You know, what are some of the challenges that you're getting? Anything else? I mean, it's, it's more the buyer side. I think anyone who's going in as a, at a buy, as a buyer right now, who's especially, you know, above a million, they kind of understand for the most point, for the most part, um, what's going on and they have some kind of knowledge so that that's fine they're a little more sophisticated uh in that respect but on the rental side with even it doesn't matter how expensive the rental is um even if it's twenty five thousand dollars a month or five thousand dollars a month um that's where i'm seeing a lot of trouble because a lot of these and it makes sense from the tenant standpoint they want to see the place before they make an offer but you can't it doesn't by the so, like, so let's run that scenario yeah. Instead of me buying that house, I want to rent a place for like six or seven thousand a month in Coral Gables. What okay. would you say? What I would say is that I'm going to put together a collection for you. And as soon as something comes on, you're going to look at it digitally. If you want to make a full price offer, we can do it. But so should we should so what are things going for? Are they asking, below asking, above asking? At or above asking, uh, asking if they're paying up front for the year. Okay, so in, in order for me to get the property at the asking price, typically the only chance I would basically have is if I will, I'm willing to pay for it for the full years. Yeah, I mean, and it's like there's a chance, but it's realistically um, your best. Based on your experience. Yeah. yeah. And like, if, if I don't, if I'm not willing to do that, if I'm willing to do like first, last and security, properties like seven grand it's nice it's one that you know other people would be interested in yeah. what would so first of all i i shouldn't i should just put in the offer if it looks great yeah mm -hmm. and um what would you say i should offer on that um seven thousand five hundred to seven thousand nine hundred okay so so definitely a little bit above above the price yeah okay is that in all price ranges? Um, yes, I would say so right now. Mm -hmm. Is it like 
worse for less expensive or worse for more expensive? Or is it just the same thing across the board? The the hardest right now is around like the, like between five and 10. Cause that's a lot of people coming from New York who want to try it out for a year, blah, blah, blah. We see that a lot. That's, that's the price point they go to immediately. The higher, the higher stuff, 25,000, um, you'll get a few offers, whereas before it would have take, taken a while to rent. Um, but I mean, for instance, my client who rented the $25,000 a month place had to pay first, last, first month, second month, full price, first month, second month, last, and security. So four, four months up front. Yeah, it's, it's funny because like, it's it just so true what you say, the people moving here for taxes do well in life. They're yeah. not, they're not these people and nothing against them, but they're not these people that are moving here to get a two or $300,000 condo yeah, in yeah. Miami. These are people where it's going to make a difference in their lives in the taxes. Of course. Okay. So with the, the employment pool and the average income is all increasing. Um, so right. they have bigger budgets. Yeah. And with that said, um, I'm sure sometimes like the, one of the hardest things that I deal with is these types of buyers and sellers are used to being right all the time because they, they, they have power. Right. And it doesn't mean they're nice or mean or whatever, whether they're a doctor an attorney, a CEO or someone, they're used to people all day long telling them that they are right, yeah. you know, and their judgment, they're used to the final word. And then for you or me or Will or Vico um, telling them that, you know, we value your opinion, but if we do that, we're not going to get you your place. And if you're hiring me to be the professional and get you that, I would recommend doing whatever. Yeah. And it makes them step back sometimes because no one talks to them like that. You know? <laughs> yeah, they kind of think you're being mean. Right, exactly. But you're not. You're at the end of the day, you're just trying to get them the place. Totally. And we're we're actually being nice. Because if we're nice to them, they're not gonna get anything and it's gonna mess up their plans more. And they're gonna pay more in taxes. They're gonna do all of those things. Yeah. So before we go, can you share with us the market, the differences um, between last year and this year? Um, as far as numbers? The trend graphics things, oh, do you yeah. still have? Give me a second. So Miami-Dade right now, what am I on? I think I've just said all, yeah, condos or houses. Let's make sure. You can mess around with it if you want Well, you share it. Do you want me to share the screen? Yeah, if you could, if it's still up there. If you want to share your emails too, we can do that as well. Anything you want. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. That's a fun place. Wait, share screen. Okay. Can you see it? Not yet. Okay. Now, now I can. Okay, so why don't you go over, tell us what we're looking at and then go over it a bit. Okay, so here's the trend graphics for Miami-Dade, right? So here I put Miami. So trend graphics is the name of the website. Okay. And um, it has, these are different subdivisions here. Um, I, it's all of the zip codes in Miami-Dade. And then here you see it's single family homes and condo, villa, townhouses. So it's everything. It's condos, it's, it's houses. All residential stuff. Yep. So here we have the graph, right? And then we have our little data table here. So if we look 
um, as you said before, this is the, kind of the most interesting part in the middle where I'm circling. If you look at the for sale line, um, so March 2021 compared to March 2020, there is an inventory of 38% <clears throat> less places for sale, right? Again, that supply is diminishing. And But if you look at the sold, you see that it's fit over 59%, right? It's almost 60% increase from this year to last from last year to this year and then the pending is the ridiculous one yeah so this is basically what's going to come <laughs> right? Right. So the reports that we'll have for what are we in quarter three are we in quarter three yet no uh for quarter two and quarter three are going to be even higher than what they were in quarter one which is insane so the pendings are up 144 over 144 percent so with that pending, just like Jade was saying, we have less inventory, we have um, more sales, but not just more sales. We also have almost 150% more pending. So it'll make, it'll shrink that for sale segment way less. And then obviously supply and demand, because there's so little demand, I mean, so little supply, the demand will just make the prices go higher. So if you're a buyer, if someone tells you now they have to buy, but they have a little bit of flexibility of a few months, would you rather tell, would you tell them to buy and try buying now or wait a few months? Right, right now, right yesterday. Because it's going to go up, right? Because yeah. of the inventory. Pendings, there's more people. Not only that, but like if you're looking on a global scale, I mean, I, I read that for the next three weeks, all flights from Argentina to Miami are fully booked. Yeah, I read that too. Wow, it's crazy. Vaccinated, and they're staying here, and they look around, they say, hmm, I want a property. I want an Airbnb. I want this. I want that. I want something. So I want to take their money out of their country. Now, then you're going to have, you know, Mexico opening up, all these other countries starting to open up, and uh, and they want to bring their money here. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the Airbnb, because we're going to share another video on that. Jade has been the expert on our team. I did a video on Airbnb just from some of the knowledge I got from Jade, you know, I, I was like, it seemed like I'm an expert, but Jade is the expert. Whenever someone calls, it's Jade knows it. So we're going to do a video on that and we'll share that with you guys as well. Anything else, Jade, before we close out this segment? No, that's it. Okay, cool.